It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And episode two of the show that's so nice, we do it twice, is presented today by Lightstream. Here's the deal. We know the holidays are coming. We know people rack up high interest credit card balances. You guys are smarter than that. You gals, whoever, you're smarter than that. You don't want those crazy high 20% APRs. That's insane. It's costing you a lot of money. Do what I know a lot of my friends have done, what I've been recommending you guys for a year now, and that is going to lightstream.com slash feast. You get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay when you consolidate your high interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save. Just for my dudes, you guys, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash feast. Again, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, of course. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. All right, Joe, we'll start the second episode, the late games with the Bucks at the Seahawks. feel like this has the potential to be a fun game, fun fantasy game. Mike Evans is unbelievable. He's fun to watch. Uh, he is extremely fun to watch. And, Ross, I said on the last podcast that you should be setting lines in Vegas because we, we talked about Washington Buffalo at the end of the last podcast, and you were like, you know what? This one doesn't seem great for fantasy. And it was the projected lowest scoring game of the week at 37 points. The projected highest scoring game this week, the one you just said is going to be a fun one, Tampa Bay and Seattle at 53 points. That's a massive total in the NFL. There's only two games up and over 50 points projected this week, and this is one of them. You saw last week, even though Jameis Winston is, is he's not it, but he does make play. And it's kind of funny because they were on the same team last year. In ways, Jameis is kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to go out there, and he might turn the ball over 14 times, but he he's also going to throw 15 deep balls, and he's going to let his receivers try to make plays. And you saw last week why, even though Mike Evans has been frustrating from time to time this year, you have to play him because the blow-up game potential is always there. And we're talking about a Seattle defense, though a lot of it was in garbage time, gave up almost 500 passing yards to Matt Schaub. So this is a defense that can be had. It is not the Legion of Boom of old. Even though Jameis might turn the ball over, I think he is a viable streaming quarterback, and I want Jameis, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans in my lineups. Chris Godwin, I think, is going to bounce back from a really, really uh, rough game last week against Logan Ryan in the slot. Um, On the other side, the Seahawks... They feel like, and we, I think we talked about this last week, feel like one of the most consistent fantasy teams out there. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, maybe a little DK Metcalf. It's like, you know what you're getting from those dudes. 
Ross, I can take the rest of the podcast off. You just mentioned the four guys on the Seahawks who are worth a damn for fantasy. Russell Wilson, start him this week. He's a, I haven't done my final rankings yet, but uh, here's a hint. He's probably going to be up there at number one or number two against this bad Buccaneer secondary. The Buccaneers' run defense has been really good, though. Um, they, they, they shut down Christian McCaffrey on the ground. On the ground, not through the air. They shut him down on the ground twice. They held Derrick Henry to a respectable line last week. So I think that's, uh, that's the one guy who you might downgrade, even though he's still a great bet for 20 touches, so I'm putting him in my lineup. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf against this secondary – DFS viable, DFS upside. I want both of them in my lineups. Lockett is a slam dunk wide receiver one. DK Metcalf, high-end wide receiver three against this Buccaneer secondary. And that's it for the Seahawks. Wow. All right. Um, I mean, they're going to score points with other guys, but none of them are really fantasy viable. Like, you you got your Jaron Browns, your Malik Turners. These guys are involved. Your Luke Wilsons of the world. Uh, They have Jacob Hollister on this team. But they get them involved, but none of them are are used enough to be considered fantasy viable. So, um, let's get to the next game. Another 405 game. Lions at the Raiders. This seems like another fun one for fantasy purposes. Ross, Ross, you did it again, man. This is the second highest line game of the week. 51 points. The only other game lined up and over 50 points. And it's kind of funny to watch the Lions right now. Because when you when you think of what a Matt Patricia coached team would want to be, you'd be like, oh, they're going to run the football and they're going to be boring and they're going to play defense. Well, their defense hasn't been very good, especially on the ground. Hmm. Might be a hint for somebody I want to play in this game. And their offense has been excellent. Matthew Stafford is averaging nearly 300 passing yards per game. Uh, He's clearly healthy. Daryl Bevel has injected life into this offense. This is a bad Raiders secondary that just traded Gary and Conley. Uh, They wanted to recoup that asset. This is an all-systems-go game for Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And it is also worth pointing out that last week, Danny Amendola played 67% of the snaps. And the loss of Carrion Johnson and the loss of that run game has kind of increased their three wide receiver sets. Danny Amendola, the last two weeks, has played his two highest snap rates at 71 and 67%. And uh, even without the even with the Lions playing with a substantial lead in the second half last week against the Giants, uh, Danny Amendola got his eight catches for the second straight week. So he is now fantasy viable he is fantasy relevant and against this raider secondary that has traded away some of its depth danny amendola if you need a ppr option is more than viable so this entire pass game matthew stafford's going to be a top quarterback option this week all three of the wide receivers including amendola are viable the problem is the backfield is an utter disaster they did not know what they were doing last week without carry on johnson they played three four excuse me four running backs 10% of the snaps or more with Ty Johnson leading the way with 40% of the snaps and 11 opportunities. I really want to see what they do with this backfield before I trust any of those guys as uh, anything more than a prayer flex right now. So it's, um, it's interesting too. Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall. I mean, they've got uh, Stafford's been spreading around pretty good. Galladay. What are you doing with the receivers? 
Well, I think they're all uh, – Galladay's a wide receiver one this week for me. I thought that was an, an obvious spot for him to blow up last week after Marvin Jones had the big game. Galladay going up against that poor Giants defense, that poor Giants secondary. That was an obvious spot for me. Um, I think he can do it again. I also think Marvin Jones could bounce back again. Marvin Jones is a wide receiver two for me this week. Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver one. And as I mentioned, I think Danny Amendola is playable in PPR. He has eight catches in back-to-back games. The Raiders on the other side, Joe. Talk to me. Well, uh, the Detroit Lions, Ross, uh, did you happen to know that they have given up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this year? No, I did not know that. Josh Jacobs. Stardom. This guy is special. Uh, I've been talking to Greg Cosell about him. He thinks he's got all the skills to be a top five, if not better, NFL running back. Uh, And he has been amazing. The only thing that's holding him back is that shoulder injury. And I I think that's why uh, DeAndre Washington and uh, Jalen Richard are playing a little bit more than you'd like to see. But Josh Jacobs, they have finally made a commitment to him. And it is working. He is a slam dunk top 10 running back and DFS option this week against a lion defense that has been really bad against the run. Um, what about tight end Darren Waller? The show just keeps going yeah. on. What about the receivers? It, 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 it was actually frustrating last week because Darren Waller was getting open and Carr just kept throwing high to him. Fortunately, we escaped with the touchdown, but he had just two catches for 11 yards on eight targets. That was not Darren Waller's fault, and he played 96% of the snaps. He's a slam dunk tight, top five tight end every week. The only other player here for the Raiders we can consider for fantasy, well, outside of Derek Carr, who, by the way, is a very viable streaming quarterback this week. He actually, even though he, he was throwing inaccurately to Darren Waller last week. He still threw three touchdowns and came through as a streamer. Tyrell Williams being back was a huge factor of that. He has scored a touchdown in every full game that that he has played this year. Tyrell Williams, I love him this week. Darius Slay has been banged up, and though he's not going to be traded, uh, if he's less than 100%, Tyrell Williams can run by him. He's a wide receiver three on the higher end, and Darren Waller is a slam dunk top five tight end. Next up, Packers, Chargers, we've got Green Bay and the machine known as Aaron Jones going against this Chargers team who the Bosa's, including this game in the, in, in the, on this team, Joey Bosa. What do you got for the Packers? Well, the Packers are, are just a perfect example of Aaron Rodgers finally buying into a scheme again. And and we know Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Hall of Fame in large part because of his improvisational plays, but his play has slipped off in recent years because he wasn't trusting the scheme. He wasn't throwing to open receivers within the context of the offense. He's doing that now. And I think it's fascinating how Matt LaFleur is designing this offense around the running backs because he doesn't have a whole lot at wide receiver Aaron Jones is the most explosive, without Devontae Adams here, Aaron Jones is their most explosive receiver. 13 carries, 8 targets. Two two weeks ago, he dropped a touchdown pass. One week ago, on virtually the same play call, he scored a touchdown, and then he had two last week uh, and could have had a third on long receptions. Aaron Jones is a top five running back this week. Jamal Williams is a viable flex play. At the wide receiver position, The guy I actually prefer above all, if Devontae Adams doesn't play, and that's a big if right now, 
is Alan Lazard, who actually at, led them in snaps at 67% and five targets last week. That was a team high among all of their wide receivers and tight ends. Aaron Jones actually led the team in targets. But Alan Lazard is actually the guy, it seems, that Rodgers trusts the most of the guys who are left over. But all of those receivers are wide receiver fours, unless Devontae Adams comes back, and in which case you're playing him each and every week. Um, on the other side, for the Chargers, mm-hmm. they fired Ken Wisenhunt. And we got a new now, guy calling plays. What does it mean, Joe? Well, the quarterback coach is going to be calling plays, and I'm going to take a wild guess that the quarterback's coach is going to think, you know what? We should put the guy out there who helps our quarterback more, and that's Austin Eckler. I mean, their their reliance on or over-reliance on Melvin Gordon has has hurt this offense in a significant way. They played 45 offensive snaps last week. Now, this is not new. Last last year under Anthony Lynn, the Chargers were one of the slowest teams in the NFL. But I can't recall the last time I saw, and I'm sure it's happened recently, but the last time I saw a team win a game while playing 45 offensive snaps or fewer, I just can't remember it. And they were they relied on the Bears to outcharger the Chargers in order to win that game. They need to get Austin Eckler on the field more. And I truly believe with Ken Wisenhunt being fired and in a projected higher scoring game with Green Bay, a team that can really pile it on, I think this is a big Austin Eckler game. I'm ranking him as a high-end uh, running back two this week. And Melvin Gordon is merely a flex. Wow. Okay. What about some of the other guys, some of the receivers and stuff? Uh, let's look at uh, let's look at Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen, sixty nine percent of the snaps. It seems like uh, he was questionable coming into that game, uh, but he seemed to make it through the game okay. He is back and viable. Mike Williams played a season high ninety six percent of their snaps and saw six targets last week, so he's a wide receiver three. Um, I would anticipate. Uh, He's going to see quite a bit of Jair Alexander if he plays on the outside and they put Keenan Allen in the slot. And Hunter Henry is a locked-in top-six tight end. He had six targets again last week. There's not There, there aren't many tight ends that you can confidently have uh, playing over Hunter Henry. Are we ready to move on to Browns-Broncos? I mean, like, we could make a comment about Phillip Rivers uh, where the, the numbers just really haven't been very good for him uh, recently. Uh, I think his arm strength is really waning right now, and that's why I think they need to help him out by getting him a receiver like Austin Eckler who can help him in the short to intermediate area. He is a mediocre at best quarterback streamer. Browns, Broncos. Let's start with the Broncos. I mean, Joe Flacco out with the neck injury, Brandon Allen in. What are we doing there? Uh, praying. <laughs> uh, uh, if you have Cortland Sutton, uh, you're just hoping Brandon Allen isn't that much of a drop off from Joe Flacco, because I think Brandon Allen is going to have to target Cortland Sutton, but he is a major downgrade this week for sure. Uh, he's going to get coverage from Denzel Ward, uh, Cortland Sutton, low end wide receiver three at best. You could play nobody else in this passing game, including Noah Fant, who I will say did get a season-high eight targets, but I need to see Brandon Allen play before I could trust anybody else in, in this passing game. Cortland Sutton is a low-end wide receiver three. The entire focus of the Denver Broncos is going to be on the backfield. I expect to see both Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay get up and over 15 touches. Wow. All right, you streaming Brandon Allen? You all in on Brandon Allen? Absolutely not. <laughs> not um, enough weapons here for, for for me to do that even against this Browns defense which is exploitable but as you saw last week against the Patriots they actually got after Tom Brady 
Right. Now, on the other side, we've got the Browns, who Chubb did some good things, but they're going against a pretty rough Broncos defensive outfit. Yeah, the, the Broncos have really cleaned up their run defense of late. Uh, that's, been a, that's been a big problem uh, for uh, – for them, uh, uh, it was earlier in the year when uh, when Leonard Fournette ran all over them. Marlon Mack had a solid game, but Nick Chubb, I know he had the two fumbles last week, but he was the only offensive player who was doing anything for the Cleveland Browns. They have to continue getting him the ball. And I know we do have to talk uh, that next week Kareem Hunt is going to be eligible to come back. I understand that. I think he's going to have a role, especially if Nick Chubb continues to fumble. But as of now, Nick Chubb is the only offensive player who's doing anything consistently for this team. So we have to play him. Uh, unfortunately for Baker Mayfield, I don't trust him going up against this defense. And the one thing we do need to see, though, when it comes to uh, when it comes to this secondary, are the Broncos going to trade Chris Harris? We are recording this with 40 minutes to go. Um uh, in the trade deadline, we're recording this. Uh, Chris Harris, they are teams calling about him. If he gets moved, Baker uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham get major upgrades because I would anticipate Chris Harris would shadow Odell Beckham if Chris Harris plays in this game. Um, what else on the uh, on the Browns? Anything else? Well, Jarvis Landry is a wide receiver three. I know he got dinged up last week. Didn't seem like anything all that serious. Uh, I think it was a shoulder. Uh, didn't seem all that serious. And unfortunately, last week, everybody was like, ooh, Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, he's starting to emerge. He didn't see a target last week. So really, Baker Mayfield is a mid-to-low-end quarterback, too. Nick Chubb's a running back one. You still have to keep playing Odell, who's killing people. But he's a wide receiver, too, and Jarvis Landry's a wide receiver, three. This is a really narrow fantasy team right now. Speaking of narrow, Joe, you don't want to have thick. You don't want to have long. You don't want to have a lot of those things when we're talking about manscaping. It's very, very important. I'm just telling you, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that doesn't manscape. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 2.0. Inside the perfect package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. This waterproof and skin safe technology protects you from nicking your pumpkins Halloween week. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower. They also have crop preserver, the anti chafing ball deodorant, which is nice. Look, it's all about specializing. Make sure you get the the goods from the company that specializes in these things with the Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Gotta use the code FEAST and gotta get excited about Sunday night football, Joe. Patriots at the Ravens. Whew, let's start with the Patriots D. Ross, can, can I chime in with one thing first? Yeah. I just want to say the phrase anti-chafing ball deodorant once in my life. Do it. You got it? Anti-chafing ball deodorant. 
Yeah, they also have uh, anti-chafing performance boxer brief. They got all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. Man Anti-chafing ball deodorant? That is poetic. I I learned about iambic pentameter from Mrs. Savetic in my Brit Lit class back in high school. Anti-chafing ball deodorant. That is special. It's it's amazing. Uh, Speaking of amazing, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' rushing attack. Yeah, tell me about it. What are you thinking? I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, the Patriots finally get to take on a challenging offense. And and look, I've said on this podcast, I think people were overselling how well Lamar Jackson was throwing the ball early in the season because he had those cream puff matchups the first couple weeks against the Dolphins and the Cardinals. But there's no doubt that Lamar Jackson's running element is, is arguably the hardest thing to defend in the NFL today. And watching Bill Belichick trying to to scheme against this with his super high end defense that he has and all that personnel is just going to be fun uh, from a from a football fan perspective I, I would be foolish to not downgrade Lamar more so than I than I typically would uh, and, and I think that's going to put him on the fringe of my top 10 quarterbacks but because of his ability to run and the fact that only one long run can really uh, uh really save him for fantasy it's hard to rank him far below that but he is going to have a really tough time throwing the football at least on the perimeter here because even if he has hollywood brown hollywood brown's going to be shadowed by stefan gilmore and that is not a matchup i'd expect the rookie receiver to win yeah that's a good point uh what about the other skill guys for the ravens well, Mark Andrews is a guy you play every week, and you're hoping that the bye week really allowed him to heal up uh, and get and get. Uh, he's had that foot injury throughout uh, throughout the season so far. Ho- allowed him to heal up and get close to 100. percent Had a bad game his last time out. I think he caught just two of his eight targets against the Seahawks. Uh, dropped a touchdown. Dropped another pass. Um, I would expect him to bounce back. So he, I'm definitely starting. And Mark Ingram, I'm considering a high-end flex in this game because he has been so over-reliant on touchdowns so far this year. And the bad news is the Patriots haven't given up a touchdown to the running back position. So Mark Ingram is just a flex play for me this week. This is a game where it's Lamar, it's Mark Andrews, and it's a serious downgrade for Mark Ingram. And that's it for the Ravens. Again, I'm more interested in this game from a from a real NFL perspective to see if the, the Patriots actually struggle for once defensively, given that they're playing a real offense. Um, but I have to take the Patriots' reputation into account here, and that does not line up well for what the for what the Ravens do offensively. What about on the flip side when the Patriots have the ball? It's kind of ugly right now, Joe. The O line, the receivers. I mean, other than Edelman, what do you got? Well, the the problem with the Patriots is exactly that. It's Julian Edelman, and it's not a whole lot else for the receivers. And I think it's obvious that Mohamed Sanu is going to be a far more important player to them um, as a whole for them as a scheming team than he is going to be for fantasy. Last week, he played 54% of the snaps, had five targets, caught two of them. That's not enough for fantasy. Now, I'm not saying that that a game where he scores two touchdowns on six receptions isn't coming, but these games, the five target, two, three catch games are also going to be mixed in. He is a versatile player. He can play inside. He can play outside. He can block. He's a really good blocker. He can play even a trick play quarterback. And we know through the years, Belichick has loved those things with Julian Edelman. He now has two trick play quarterbacks at the wide receiver position. But I think Mohamed Sanu is far more important as that kind of player. 
a guy that they could scheme than he is going to be a guy who actually has the ball in his hands. So Mohamed Sanu is not yet fantasy relevant for me. Julian Edelman, he is. But remember that the Baltimore Ravens have a super deep secondary now after trading for Marcus Peters. And I wouldn't be shocked if Marlon Humphrey actually follows Julian Edelman inside into the slot sometimes. He is comfortable with doing that. So Edelman, I'm playing him, but he's a wide receiver too. Sony Michelle is touchdown reliant. My actual favorite Raven to play in this game is James White. Uh, I think I think there's an opportunity for him to get 10 or more targets in this game. Wow. My favorite right. Patriot, rather, not my favorite Raven. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I anybody, think you got the point. Anybody else we need to either mention or can we move on to Cowboys-Giants? I think I think Tom Brady's a low-end QB1, but this is tactically, this is by far the most interesting matchup of the entire week, Ross. I don't think it's close. And, and uh, uh, Do you disagree with me on that one? No, I I mean I think it's by far the best game of the week. And I'm glad we get to all watch it in prime time. I'm like I'm like soup we get to get watch this game after being robbed, even though the game last Sunday was good. Um we got robbed of Mahomes versus Rogers. I, I just hope somebody wraps Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson in bubble paper before this game because I don't want to be robbed of that. All right. Cowboys at the Giants Monday night. Cowboys coming off of a bye. Going against a really, really bad Giants defense. Yeah, the Cowboys have have done very well with bad defenses. Their last time out, they scorched the Eagles. I would expect nothing less in this game. Dak Prescott, top five quarterback option this week. Amari Cooper, top five wide receiver option this week. Michael Gallup, top 24 wide receiver option this week. And then obviously Ezekiel Elliott, arguably the number one, number two running back of the entire week. He's going to be in the top three. Um it's all systems go for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott has had generally pretty good numbers against the Giants in his career. I would anticipate this to be a really, really productive offensive game for the Cowboys. And as we sit and record this, the Cowboys are currently uh, one of the teams that is being rumored for potential big trades. So they might even add to either their offense or their defense in the time it takes uh, you to listen to this podcast. 30 minutes remaining. Pretty crazy. On the uh, so a- anybody else in particular that needs to be mentioned? Uh, not from the Cowboys. We can we can move on. I mean, it's it's really they're one of those narrow fantasy teams, Ross, that we were alluding to uh, yeah. before. You talked about the anti-chafing ball deodorant. This is <laughs> this is a, a a narrow team that has well-defined fantasy options. And I guess you can use Jason Witten if you're dying at tight end. Generally, he's been a Giants killer, but he hasn't really been fantasy relevant this year. All right, what about for the Giants? They did get a couple guys back in Saquon and Ingram um, for another week last week, a little bit healthier. What do you got? Well, uh, what I'm interested to see here is if Sterling Shepard's going to play. He's missed close to a month with his second concussion of the season, and obviously they're taking this seriously. Um, uh, For sure they're taking it seriously, and as they should, because without him, though, Darius Slayton's been an interesting player. He caught two passes last week against the Lions, but both of them were touchdowns. And the Cowboys don't have somebody like Darius Slay who can who can match up with him the way the Lions did. So I'm interested to see what his role is going to be and if they have Sterling Shepard. Otherwise, I think it's obviously a great spot for Saquon, a great spot for Evan Ingram. Unless the Cowboys trade for Jamal Adams, which is certainly on the table, um, that's a potential uh, trade for them. And I do think, though, Ross, this is a great week to pick up and start the Dallas defense. Daniel Jones leads the NFL in turnovers. I don't see, with the Cowboys picking up Michael Bennett, potentially adding to that defense in other areas, I don't see 
uh, how Daniel Jones goes through this game unscathed. I think the Cowboys are going to get to him for at least one or two turnovers. And Saquon? Oh, top five running back each and every week. How about that nasty run he had last week? Oh, my gosh. He's shaking a guy, and then he gets to another defender and just buries his face in the ground. He is is special. He truly is. Yeah, he and Miles Sanders. Man, Penn State had a good running back duo there for a couple years. I I mean, it is. And Miles Sanders, I think, you know, you're watching him with Philly. He's still learning the position because he didn't play that much. Um, and Penn State's got more guys who are coming. Uh, they, they've got a true freshman running back named Noah Kane, who's a star. So uh, they, uh, uh, if, you, if you like running backs, make sure you watch Penn State football because they got a ton of them. Joe, you're a stud. That was fun. That was different, man. That was fun. Maybe we should make that a, uh, an annual thing to do it on trade deadline day like that. Other than that, though, uh, now that we know some of these trades and now that you know Joe's reaction, be the first one to go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. Get the 50% 5-0 welcome bonus and roll. Roll that way. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1, 50% 5-0 welcome bonus, which is amazing. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. Also, Andrew Brandt. Breaking down trade deadline day on today's Ross Tucker football podcast and how did it move the markets on the Even Money podcast. Check them all out, RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.